understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Hurley. We are now in the month of April. We're past the first quarter of 2019, and we are grinding this thing out together. And today is going to be so different. I'm doing a special edition podcast per someone's special request. (laughs) I get told often by a lot of my audience members that I don't do enough solo episodes. Um, And then to add to that, that I don't, I've never actually done this. I've never had anyone on my podcast interview me, someone that knows me personally. I interview my boyfriend a lot. I've even gone as far as interviewing some of my uh, successful friends or people that have been um, integral in my life but I've never actually had someone that knows me really well interview me on the podcast. So I have to be a little vulnerable today. And I could not think of a better person that has been on this entire journey with me um, than one of my really, really good friends. And there's a lot of important people you have to have in your life on this journey. But this friend in particular has rode this journey with me ups and downs, probably 25,000 hours of talking things through with me, picking me up when I fall, being there for my wins, and telling me that I'm headed in the wrong direction from time to time. And I am forever, forever, forever grateful for her. I've had her as a guest on the podcast once because we've talked about how she helped me heal and really learn about my spiritual journey. But being by my side so often is what's going to make her probably the best person to get deep down and even dirty about my personal life and kind of where this whole thing has gone over the last year. So uh, without further ado, my host today, (laughs) my host, (laughs) Hillary Bolt. I'm going to send you a big bill when you make it big time (laughs) for all the hours. That we work together on this stuff. I wish people knew how many times you you threatened me with that. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> the real truth is that we have these conversations probably a million times a week, and it gets really deep and really raw. And finally, I called her one night, and I said, hey, we need to do a podcast episode. She was like, about what? <laughs> and I said, I get to interview you, and I get to ask you the questions because... I get to see this side of you that I feel like a lot of people don't get to see often. Um, And so she took me up up on it, and here we are going to do it. Um, And I just publicly want to say that I'm so proud of you, and um, I'm the biggest fan of what she's doing and um, believe in it. And you guys are lucky to have Jessica serving you every week with this podcast and um, just her message in her life and um, what you hear Behind the mic is exactly what it is every day. So um, I just want to say that publicly. Wait, skirt? Okay, so we got to stop right there. Because <laughs> this is biggest fan shit. <laughs> and it's not to say that Hillary hasn't been the, the best friend I can Wait, whoa, whoa. This is my episode. <laughs> okay, so okay, so go back to biggest fan, right? Yep. And I, I would never in a, in a hundred million years doubt your support because you have been by far one of the most supportive friends I've ever had. Um, 
and I, I can't even count the countless, I can't even explain to people the countless hours you've put into our friendship from like when I was hospitalized, you know, with Cameron, you were there every day, like, and, and doing things that like friends should really do. Like, like calling me, like, I know you ain't had a steak in a week. You want me to bring you a steak? Like, like, let me, Hey, you want your favorite smoothie, you know, or just coming by to see Cameron when, after Cameron spent 30 days in the NICU, people no longer started to ask about him or care about him and you were still coming to check on him every week. Like, let's go see Cam, even though we couldn't even take him outside of the box. You know, you just came there to support me. And everything from, how's your podcast going? What are these interviews like? You know, let me let me give you some people that I think that would be great on your podcast. Let me give you some personal advice to you, like like what you just said in the opening about how, what you get behind the mic but there's been times where you've told me like, hey, I didn't think you were very authentic on that last. That's true. Last I'd be calling her on all type of stuff. <laughs> like that last episode, I felt like you weren't authentic. Like, where's your real self at? And that's yeah. why I think this interview is so important because you've also been the person that has guided me left, right. And like, hey, I know who you really are. And you're not giving them that right now. Yeah. So biggest fan is really an understatement. And that's, yeah, that's true. I was a hater for like the first eight months. <laughs> You were not, not a hater. I was a I was a fan of Jessica Harley. I just didn't quite see where the the money I'm I can be very realistic about money. And mm-hmm. where's the money gonna come? And this is a great hobby, but where like how are you actually gonna quit your job down the line? And it wasn't until like way down in the journey that I really was like, Okay, like I have to believe because I really truly believe that Jessica's walking in what God has called her to do on this earth. And on a personal note, if God calls you to something, you have to do it. And so she's doing that. And then we just have to trust and make a plan. And now it's exciting for me because I'm like, let's go. Like, what do we have to do to make this work? Because (laughs) I am such a believer in this thing that God's called you to and this purpose that he's put you on this earth to do and you're walking in it. So like, what can we do to make sure that you're successful? Um, And that's been one of the greatest joys for me. Um, And I... I think this is a really interesting point too, is that in in you finding your purpose and walking you, it it has given me more clarity in my purpose and mm. what I'm supposed so? to do. Because my real gifting is behind the scenes. I don't want to be on the stage talking to thousands, but I would love to give you a pep talk before you do it. <laughs> <laughs> my last event, Hillary came up to me right before I walked on stage and said, hey, you need a pep talk because I got one for you. <laughs> I'm good for a pep talk. <laughs> Hillary's going to be someone's gale one day. If That's not right. mine, I'm gonna, I'll am i be the first to hire That's you. That's <laughs> because Jessica needs to get to the Oprah level. <laughs> then we'll be there. Okay, so I jotted down some questions because I'm a professional podcaster here today. <laughs> so my first question is, when things got hard on the journey, what kept you going? Ooh. Um, what, so, okay, so when you say hard, I think about like, Definitely. Take- like the days when you came into work and you're like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, I got to find something else. Like, this isn't for me. I'm not really where I thought I would be. This is really difficult. Like, w- w- in those moments, like, what kept you going? Because there were those more than once moments in the past year where you were like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this is for me, were the words you used. So I'm going to give you the universe's answer, and then I'm going <laughs> to give you the technical answer. So, um... I'm a firm believer in the universe and um, God's will. And I truly believe that every time I have felt that way, 
the universe has made its way to um, shift my beliefs. So I really feel like every time I've ever thought that I'll get I'll, I'll get a random message from someone six hours later that will be like, hey, listen to your podcast. You have no idea I was having the worst day and that that episode just did everything for me. And then there's things like that where I'm like, you are understating what you're delivering to people. You're you're you are changing the trajectory of someone's day or their week or maybe even their life. And because you're having a bad day, you're allowing that to project what could be life-changing for other people. And so I feel like the universe has always stepped in, and maybe not every time, but almost every time the universe has stepped in and is like, not right now. This sure. will not. And sometimes there's times where I feel like in the whole premise of my podcast is that the, the stuck phase in the middle is what leads you to greatness and that everybody has it. I think we all have it in us. I think it's just that people don't have the grit to get over that hump. And so I feel like sometimes when I'm like really, really bad, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. This is part of the test. This is the test that God wants me to be like, oh, this is nothing. Like, so would you say it was those hard moments that really propelled you to do more and to dig deeper? Yeah. And plus, every time it's hard, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Someone else is going through this. Yeah. So instead of allowing it to force me to want to quit, why don't I just be vocal about it on my podcast? So, so for anyone that's thinking about starting a podcast and says they don't have any content, take a look in the mirror. Yeah majority of my podcast content, Hillary knows me so well, she'll listen to an episode and be like, oh, you were tra- you were talking to you today. I heard you. <laughs> like everything you said on that podcast was something you need to tell yourself. And it's very true. Majority of the time yeah. when I'm going through something, I'm like, I look in the mirror, I jot down what I'm really feeling, and then I deliver it in a message because I know I'm not the only one. Yeah, but that's part of your gifting, right? Right. Like not not everyone's brain works like that. Like that's that's what makes, I think there's a difference between like, uh, doing something and then doing something that you're called to. And mm-hmm. I really, truly believe that you're walking in something that is higher and bigger than, than you know. Like, in and that, I think that kind of in a roundabout way is what you're saying. Like, it was those little details and those little moments that were higher and bigger than you that kept you going. It was the little notes and the encouragement that you could say, okay, like, this is bigger than me. My purpose, what I'm doing the message that I'm giving out is bigger than anything that I could know. I'll peel it back a layer for you too, is that now I have such a deeper understanding and and self-awareness and what I believe the universe will deliver and knowing that everyone has a bigger purpose on this earth that I think that um, new level, new devil. Yeah. So every time I'm in a struggle, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, what's coming? Like something big is coming and this is just the devil trying to be like, "Sit, sit your butt down. Like, you're not ready. You don't deserve this. Because what's around the corner, once I get past this, is way bigger than what I could have anticipated. And so just, it's like, you know, keep Nemo, keep swimming. Like, keep swimming. Because what's on the other side of this is more than what you could have ever, ever even considered committing to. It's like, you always tell me, like, tell God your plans, he'll laugh in your face. Or whatever the... Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you and I talk about this a lot, too. Like, if... If everything you did resulted in one woman's life being changed, you would do it all over again. And I think that that is so pivotal is that in in creating this and before you even launched this podcast and every conversation we had, it was always about one impact at a time, you know. And of course, yes, the goal is more and more. But I think that, you know, you've been really diligent in keeping that focus. And that's what's been so transparent about the whole process and, you know, making sure that you really are serving 
the women that you know has become your audience and that's how you serve is that right there because what one thing you always helped me stay clear on i think was um you cannot you will not win doing something like this to validate yourself yep so I can sit here and give, I have a master's degree. I've done TEDx. I can sit here and give content away for days to prove to you that I'm a knowledgeable individual, but that's not my purpose on earth. My purpose on earth is to take the moments where I'm stuck, where I'm unclear, or other people, other entrepreneurs, very successful people, their stuck moments and bring those things to the surface because there's hundreds and millions of women out there dealing with those same issues. Yeah. And to take a step deeper, someone did that for you. Yes. Absolutely. And that has propelled you to do that for other women. Absolutely. On a much bigger scale. And I think that, like, that, that you know, you can listen to our TEDx, but it's all about the ripple effect. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> Shout out to the TEDx. <laughs> Shame, shameless plug. Good job. <laughs> so this is a big week. Um, it's a great week for Jessica. It's a very sad week for me on a personal note. <laughs> but um, in five days, Jessica will be quitting her job. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's something that she didn't make the decision lightly. Um, I can 100% attest to that. Um, and she went back and forth. And so I think a a burning question in people's mind is how did you know it was the right time? And, and what gave you that clarity to know that it was the right time to make such a big decision? So this is such a good question because a, uh, what was it? Probably October, October. Yeah, October. I would say uh, September, October of last year, I also wanted to quit my job. (laughs) So when you start, um, I would say 98% of people start their entrepreneurship journey um, with a full-time job. It's a side hustle. And your side hustle will remain a side hustle as long as you treat it like one. And so if you treat it like a hobby, it's forever a hobby if you treat it like a full-time job. But people think in order to make that transition... Well, for me to treat it like a full-time job, I have to quit my full-time job. And that's what I thought forever, was I thought that the reason why I wasn't getting over the hump and making enough money or serving enough people or able to elevate my podcast was because I was not uh, treating it like a full-time job. And so I would say months ago, I wanted to quit. And I remember <laughs> I remember having a conversation with um, my boyfriend, Chris, and he was just like, Hell no. Like, no. Like, you have lost your mind. You have so much more to learn. Like, you, no. Just no. And I could, I remember feeling like I could not believe it. Like, I was like, I get it now. I know exactly what I need to do. All that's missing is the time. I need the time. I need the time. And I remember being so upset with him because I was like, I I told you exactly what I need to do. And he said something along the lines that I didn't understand the time was, you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. And I was like well, I'm not money hungry. Like I'm not, I've already decided that if I make, you know, a little less than my existing salary, I'll be happy. It's fine or whatever, you know, and I'm, I can serve more people and it just didn't make sense to me. And so fast forward, I stayed. And again, I've told this a million times, but we work for a fantastic organization. I do not hate my job. I am the opposite of other people. This was never started with the intent to quit my job. It was a passion project. And so, um, Fast forward to 2019, and if you you put into the universe that you're going to have a good year, you're going to have a very interesting year. And so 2019 immediately brought me some really interesting things. And so I forcefully committed to staying at my job. And about the end of 2018, early 2019, I ended up getting a lot more clients. And so that's what's kind of weird about this was when I recommitted to staying, I almost told myself that I was going to forget I was kind of kind of going to let back on this side hustle, really focus on k- keeping myself employed and really um, pushing myself forward in my existing career and then just working on this on the side. 
and um, a lot of opportunities came at the beginning of 2019. Everything from speaking engagements to um, the network of entrepreneurs I had built built around myself from the podcast, approaching me for other opportunities, paid opportunities, and just a lot of clients. And I kept getting asked the same question when I would sit with clients that would say, wait, are you still working a full-time job? And I was like, yeah. And they'd say, why? I don't get it. You're so great at this. I can tell it makes you so happy. And I'd give all my excuses and they'd be like, uh, but when you quit your job, you'll be able to rebuild all that. You'll be able to fix all of that. Like, um, and then I think the that was always pending, but I think the icing on the cake was just some of the conversations that I've had with people, including you, about um, this one really hit home for me. I'll never forget the conversation you and I had where you just said um, 95% of our conversations at work have become conversations about your business and it because it's clearly what you're passionate about but what if what if there's someone out there right now that this job is their dream job and they could do a better job than you yeah and what that really did was hit for me where I remember five years ago coming into this role at my in my career and it was your dream job and it was my dream job and I loved it so much and I was so excited about it and I think you and I just talked about how um you can only live out, you can have multiple passions in your life. You can have multiple missions and you can only live them out for so long. And I had just stretched myself to a point of this particular mission in my life where there wasn't, I couldn't even reinvent myself to feel that passion again. My passion already lived somewhere else. My passion was already in this, in the podcast, in serving women, in helping businesses start their podcast, in, hel- in helping women get confidence and clarity to build their businesses, all the things that I'm doing in public speaking, you know, changing lives. That's where my passion was. This was so on the back burner for me. I was just trying to fake it till I made it. And to be able to... Fu- That's the real real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people that knew me closely like Hillary and because we worked together, it was so clear. Yeah. It was so clear. Like, I was just checked out. Yeah. And so... We had to have some real hard conversations. And, you know, like those days, like, all right, you got to have this conversation because you're not now doing a service to someone that would would do a better job, like you just said. But um, I think ultimately when you made that decision, it gave you a lot of freedom. But what really gave you in in those the deep, last few weeks yeah. when you were, you know, like, it, you could have gone on for three more months, like... What really gave you that clarity that this was the right moment? Yeah, so I got to go into the deep version of that. So um, I'm with a client, ask me the same question. I leave the the meeting and I'm just like, this is burning a hole in my mind. I'm just like, okay, so could I really handle it? Could I really do it? Should I do it? And so I call you and I'm like, hey, and of course I give all the facts. I'm like, hey, here's what she said. Here's what I thought, blah, 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 blah. What do you think? Instead, what was very lifting was you said, well, if you think that that's what's right for you, you should go home and you should pray about it. And the ultimate decision maker will be God. And you said, and then tomorrow, just fast on it. And I was like, so don't, this these, these be our conversations. I was like, so don't eat. And I, <laughs> I said, I think I said no coffee. And you were like, you can have coffee and then only drink water when you're hungry. And I was like, and pray when I'm hungry. And you were like, yes, pray when you're hungry. I said, so I'm asking God to quit. Do I quit my job? Yeah, but you tell the people what God did when you didn't eat for a day. What? Gave you clarity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Serious, serious clarity. And then I always struggle with, right, I tell people this on my podcast, but I struggle with spirituality because I just was not raised in a church. Not that I don't believe it. There's just certain things where, like, I always tell Hillary this. Well, and in that same conversation, you had me 
you know, well, why do all these bad things happen to good people? Like, we got real deep in that conversation. That's right. And I remember saying to you, like, you just have to ask your questions, mm-hmm. you know, and then just trust. Like, and we had a huge conversation about faith. That's right. And I've struggled with faith forever. And I didn't know for a lot of people it's a natural thing. But it's, I've struggled with it because I don't have that foundational relationship right. with God and understanding faith. Um, but you told me to pray on it. And so I went home and literally got on my knees and prayed in front of my bed, I remember. And then I said, okay, that's it. Because this this is such a needed decision that needs to be made. And I need to live in it. I need to decide and then live in it. So if I'm going to stay at my job, I need to really be present. Yep. Or if I'm going to quit, I need to really make this work. And so I woke up the next morning and I remember when I when I woke up, I literally like had to fight myself from grabbing my phone. I got on the floor, got on my knees again, prayed about it. And then I remember driving to work and that's when all the doubt set in. I was driving to work and I said, girl, God is not going to tell you whether you should quit your job today. Like, I don't know what, why on earth God, you've never heard God's voice in your life. I don't know why you think God's going to tell you to quit your job. And then I was like, no, no, no. You always tell people to stay positive. You always tell people to, to manifest what they want. Like, just don't just stay on track. It's just, it's just 24 hours of you fasting. Like, that's it. You can eat at the end of today. If you don't have an answer, fine. Go with, go with the, the ladder of. And so I got to work. Probably had to pray twice because I was starving. <laughs> I was starving. And I was sitting in a meeting and it was probably 1130. And I had a meeting with about 10 people. My boss was in there and um, I'm just as present as I want to be. And everyone got up to go to lunch and my boss was in there and everyone got up and all of a sudden, I swear is the craziest thing. My palms started sweating. I started shaking as if I was about to speak on a stage and I don't even get nervous when I speak on stages, but the feeling that you get when you're about to go into like a very big interview or get on a stage, I just started shaking. My heart started beating so fast. Like I was about to get asked like the craziest question in the world. My palms were sweating and I just remember feeling like I wasn't sitting at that table and I looked up and it was just me and my boss. And literally my soul was like, say it, say you're done. And I was like, I remember telling myself, no, no, you're too excited. Don't say it right now. Like, literally, my mind was like, no, no. I almost wrote on the paper, like, don't say it. Like, I was like, I, it was so crazy because I was just like, don't, no, no, you're just excited. And right then my boss was like, I'm, I'm about to go outside. And I, my body, literally, without thinking, was like, I'm going with you. And you should have saw her face. She was like, um, Okay. And I remember going outside with her and she was having a conversation with me and I couldn't hear anything that was coming out of her mouth because my body was like, say it, say it, say it, say it now. And literally she ended her sentence and I was like, I, I'm, I'm resigning. Like it was like, it was like word vomit. I couldn't hold it in. And it was like, I, I and a, a weight was lifted off my shoulders. So in, in doing that, were you more confident because you felt like you had clarity through prayer that day than you would have been maybe had you not done that? And Absolutely. You, and you felt like you just made a decision. So, like, when you feel like you have the God of the universe backing your yes. decision, it's a lot easier to walk away from something into an unknown territory. Yes. When you feel like, okay, God, well, God told me to do it, so I think I'm going to be good here. Yeah, I felt like it was, a, it was confirming. It was, like, everything that I had always thought, and then the universe was like, oh, this is where I've been pushing you all along. Thank you for finally asking me permission. Absolutely. You have the green light. Go. Right. 
Yes. And it wasn't necessarily a sign, but more like a feeling. Yeah, it was a feeling. Because in my mind, my lack of spirituality has always said, like, there's no, no, no God is going to say to you, Jessica, quit your job. Like, and I just didn't know what that was going to feel like. And it, but I felt it. I felt it and I felt it clear as day. It was like, say it, just say it. You're holding, the only person holding you back right now is you. You, you cut this loose right now. Yeah. So I've told you to do a lot of crazy things in our relationship that have really pushed you into things maybe you're uncomfortable with or, or what have you, um, in our conversations how did you how did you know that I was a voice in your life that you could trust? Because maybe it's not something you grew up on or a typical, you know, I'm not your your typical person, but you know, there's moments that you've you've said, Hey, I did this and I'm like, Oh, she listened to me. <laughs> like I'm like, Oh, okay, you know? But like why why was that why was that something that you could trust? What made you trust me on this journey and trust my voice in your life on this journey? Because that's really been a, a it's been true. Absolutely. So for several reasons, and I want to backtrack in what you're saying for a second, because um, people that don't know us, we're just very different. Oh, yeah. Two sides of the pie. Nine day. <laughs> and I mean, from from head to toe looks, physical looks, yeah, to I'm, the way yeah. we treat people, to the way we are. I mean, Hillary is blonde hair with blue eyes. Can't be more white. <laughs> I mean, we were raised in two different backgrounds. We joke about all the time how we both don't actually ever understand each other and the things that we were raised in or or what we talk about. I mean, you made a joke to me five minutes ago about something that I was like, who? <laughs> it happens every day. And and then I'm I, like, did you hear this podcast with this girl? And she was like, who is that? <laughs> we just... All the time. We're never on the same playing fields. We don't watch the same movies. We don't listen to the same music. We don't. We just... We don't. We don't. We don't. But where we found some commonality is the way we like to serve. And we have a lot of fun. But we're, we're as polar opposites as you can pull from. We hardly have anywhere we can relate except for the way that we serve. And it, But we've created a relationship that... Okay, so, so stop right there. So she's just explained to you all the ways that we're different. And yet here we are having this conversation about how you have entrusted me. But yet... I don't really know anything about your world. So why would you seek out advice from someone that's not in your sphere or in your world at all and really has no understanding of maybe like the day-to-days of, of what you're doing, even entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Chris is that person for me um, and other entrepreneurs that I've met now that I have. Um, I have a network of entrepreneurs now that I've really built a tight circle with um, that have become good friends that help me with everything from the technical aspect to the, you know, growing your platform to um, understanding your audience to everything that I've needed to build this business piece. But um, you cannot do this without a good friend and a friend that is just truly honest and vulnerable with you and what where you and I connected was one I talk about this all the time on my podcast I have a true appreciation for people that are thoroughly genuine like just through and through when you meet them you know they mean everything they say they truly care for people and want nothing but the best from people and I saw that in you immediately when we met um we've had ample car rides together yeah we became fast friends yeah we became fast friends we were on the fast track to friendship (laughs) because we were in the car together all the time and so you have no choice but to have these in-depth conversations uh in the car together but what i think really showed showed that you were a forever friend for me was that you were there for me in my not winning season and so i've had a lot of friends pop up lately 
in my winning season that want to have coffee and lunch dates and uh, reward me for what I do and praise me and all of the above um, that were not there when I wasn't winning. And everybody knows that 2017 was one of the toughest years of my life. And you were there through the whole thing when I had no podcast, when I had no intentions of doing this, when I was just trying to keep my head above water um, and you were always there. And so I think whether you and I have cannot connect on entrepreneurship, where we can connect is knowing each other through and through. And so that's why I've allowed you to be that person that says to me, um, you can be more authentic than that. Because cause you've seen me at my bare bones and still loved me for that person. You know, and you introduced me to Jesus Christ. So it's like, it doesn't get any deeper than that. Like, you know, and you supported, and you were the person that allowed me to ask the dumb questions. So you've seen me at my most vulnerable state and you didn't judge me for that. And that's what, that's every foundation that I stand on is that people should be able to ask vulnerable questions. They should be able to say that they don't understand things. And when I didn't understand God, you were like, no big deal. We'll yeah. figure it out. So I think another, you know, thing to all this is I think that, you know, as your platforms grow and there's been more and more people that want to have a voice in your life because they want to be heard on your platform. So how do you find people on the journey? Like if people are listening and saying, I really want to find someone I can trust. How do you navigate that? And how do you find someone that's trustworthy that really truly is... Um, not trying to gain anything other than being a support, which I think is really rare um, in a lot of ways, you know, because a a lot of people are on the same journey. So they're looking at, I want to learn from her. I want to gain content, you know, and luckily for you, I don't want to be a podcaster. (laughs) You could be one day. One day. You speak very well. (laughs) But I think, you know, so how do you find, how, how do you find someone you can trust on the journey? Oh, That's such a good question. I just was having this conversation with someone the other day that like, you know, we talk about collaboration over competition all the time. And that's really easy to say because if if all women understood this clearly, then we'd live on a great planet of earth, right? All these women, we we literally run the world. If we could just understand this, we literally run the world. Women do everything for women. Men do everything for women. Everyone does everything for women. And we just don't get, we, we can't wrap our brains around that, right? Like I do not do my eyebrows every day and do my hair every day and put on nice shoes every day for men because in all reality, most of the time they don't really care, but women care and we're competing with other women. So everybody does everything for women. Um, totally lost my train of thought. Um, Oh, but when you're, when you're lateral with all of these people, so when there are, it's hard to build a circle of people where we're all on the same playing field and, and not getting in a place of competition. Like it's, it's extremely, extremely difficult. And it's hard not to compare too. you know, I've met so many women that are like, why, why aren't you in this place of this woman? I think you could be her instead, you know, or you could do this or you could do that, um, And I think if the only way, it's important to build a network of people that understand this level. So I want friends that are entrepreneurs and I want friends that are on this journey with me, but I also want people that I'm connected with for other reasons. Yeah. Like I want people that I connect with over. So my very favorite thing about you is like when we're anywhere in like, you know, obviously like when you're in, you know, at an event or you're coaching, like you're very intentional about being with those people, but 
even when we're in a coffee shop or we're somewhere else, like, or we're passing someone in the hall, like, you, you constantly, like, look at people and say, you know, like, how are you doing? Like, I, and I really care for you. And I think that that, um, is what makes you different. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of people that get really caught up in, um, the bigger picture and miss the people that are right in front of them that deserve value just as much as the people that maybe are watching your Instagram or know of you, you know, and I think that you do a really good job of adding value to people that even maybe aren't your quote unquote audience. Yeah. Or my ideal client. We've been into a lot of business settings and I think that, um, Recently, we went into one and the woman said, like, everyone remembered you from the one tour we took in the office. And I remember thinking to myself, like, that speaks volumes to to your character and who you are. And I think that you've done a really good job of staying true to that in this journey where I we've watched a lot of people rise to fame and crash and burn because they didn't stay true to that. Mm. And we talk about that a lot. Right. You know, of like watching people that have gained a lot of money or gained a lot of exposure and really lost who they were. Um, and I think that that's a lot of the conversation that you and I have behind the behind the scenes is I'm always like, hey, let's remember where you came from, mm-hmm. you know, and like having to remind you. But I think it's really important for people to have someone like that that is saying, hey, remember when you were doing this for one person? Let's always keep that as yeah. a non-negotiable and let's always keep that at the forefront. God, that's so, you're so right. That's so important. It's like, I see, yeah, I've seen influencers do this before and it just, it upsets me to my core, but I don't see myself as someone like that at all. Well, I won't let you. (laughs) But I can't see myself that way. It's because, and that's why one of my favorite things to do is these, is my events, like these masterminds and these in-person events, because I can podcast and put my voice out there all day long. But I feel like the way I can truly serve women is hear their biggest fears, their questions, their doubts, and connect with them one-on-one because while we're all so similar, we're so very different and all of our processes are so very different that that's why there's no blueprint to business. Yep. It's because everyone's going to have a different journey, a different issue, a different barrier. And yes, you need to fix your confidence and your clarity before you get there, but everyone's on a different journey and I can't tell you how you're going to get through yours. And I feel like that... That one-on-one with people to yeah. me is so important. I don't want to ever feel untouchable, yeah. as they say. I want people to feel like they can come to me. I, someone did that for me in my life for like forever, for like five to ten years. Um, my mentor was that for me. And had she not stepped in and done that for me, I don't, and only God knows where I would have yeah. been. Well, nothing about that was calculated. So right. that was all just based on... One day at a time, one need at a time. And you guys just process those things together. And I think that that's what makes you unique in what you're doing is that's what you offer because that's been your experience. So although a lot of people in your lane might have the best website and the best course, like in great content, like the thing that you get to do is draw from experience and say, I know what it was like to be loved when no one else loved me and to for someone to believe in me when I couldn't believe in myself And you get to do that to women now. And like you get to be that voice for women and you get to pick them up when they don't feel, you know, good about themselves. And like the fun part for me is I get to do that for you a lot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. It's that's so true. It's so amazing because it's like one of the most one of the most core things that just like what do you how do you say that just kind of like rouse me up is when I see women doubting themselves. Because I'm like, girl, 
I was there. Yeah. You know, and the more that someone made me tap into my inner strength and um, know that those weaknesses are just um, the boundaries that you have built to hold yourself down and that they are only your limiting beliefs. They are no one else's. It's The world has not said you're, you're not good at this because of this one mistake you made. You have said yeah. that you're not good at this because of this one mistake yeah. you've made. And so I literally, when I meet women that talk like that, I'm like, oh my God, no, no, we can fix this. Yeah. We can break that right now. We can fix this. Like I, I want everyone to operate at their... Because when I was 27, I thought I was operating at my full potential. I thought I had everything I wanted. And I felt like I had this big hole and I kept blaming it on everyone else. I was blaming it on my boyfriend. I was blaming it on my father. I was blaming it on everyone surrounding my circle that there was a hole and it was their fault. And now that I'm operating in my full full purpose, what it tells me, and it's very clear to me, is that I had a bigger purpose on this earth and I hadn't found it yet. And the whole was that I was operating from a place of scarcity. I was settling. I was settling with something that I thought was my divine purpose and my forever thing, knowing in the long run, I had so much more to give. And I did not go through everything I went through in a life, in, in, in a short 27 years, to not share that with the world. Yeah. And there's someone out there sitting out there right now that knows they have a story, a crazy, unbelievable just mind-blowing circumstance that they went through that they know now that I've overcome this I should share this and I want you to understand you absolutely should because then people doubt themselves and say well someone else has probably gone through that too so it's unfair of me to want to share my story and pity myself no 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 it's not that it, everyone has their own message, their own way they're going to deliver it, and their own way that they're going to help people. Same same tools and the same strategies you use to overcome your circumstances are the same tools and strategies that someone else needs to hear the exact way you did it to overcome what they're going through right now. Yeah. So for, yeah. No, you're right. That's very true. So I think, you know, you and I have a lot of conversations around how can you serve women more. And more. I think that that is really unique. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think a lot of people make business decisions based on what's going to serve women the most. Like a lot of people make business decisions based on what's going to bring the most income. And I think it's, you know, when you're when you're planning your masterminds and when you're planning your things, it's always the, the question. And you and I talk about this a ton. Like what's going to serve women the most? Like what's going to really set them free to do what they're called to do, to do what their purpose is? And how do you stay in that mindset when there's so many people that are saying, make more money, do more of this? Like, how do you keep that the focus? Uh, because that's actually really easy. Because <laughs> like 10 years ago, my, my mentor that changed my life said to me one day, and, and she meant it in a different tone, but it's stayed true my entire life, is follow the passion, live what makes you happy, the money will eventually follow. Because there's no one... People do a lot of jobs out there, but there's no one that's going to do what you love to do the way that you love to do it. And eventually you're going to get paid for it. And so a year and a half ago, I did not think I was going to get paid for this. Neither did I. Yeah, neither did you. Exactly. (laughs) And now I'm getting paid for this. And now I'm getting paid to help other women do this. And now I'm getting paid to help women believe that they can do this. So it's like, just do what you're passionate about. Just share that message. Just share your strategies. Just put yourself out there. And the money will follow. And plus, even if I was never rich off of this, if I was spending the majority of my time 
majority of my time, right? Because you spend 40 hours a week with your coworkers. You know, what is that? 120 hours a month. Did I do the math right? Yes. Um, 120 hours a month with your coworkers, probably more time than you spend with them at home. Is that what you're truly happy doing? If I spend the majority of my time helping other women get out of their stuck phase, the phase that I was in in my life where I knew there was a big fat hole overcoming their stranded phase, whatever they're in right now that seems like it's going to be for the rest of their life and it's not, I would be forever happy. I would be blessed beyond measure because I would be spending the majority of my time doing something that not only fulfills the other person, but also fulfills me. It's deep. (laughs) It's good. It's good. So one year from now, Mm -hmm. what do you see yourself doing and how do you see yourself serving women? Ooh, I want to get deep on this because it actually took me a while to own what I wanted to do for a year because you yeah, know, you'd be questioning this all the time. I do. And you know me and a lot of people in this podcast know that, um, I struggle with humbling myself a lot. So there's things that in the back of my inner soul, I truly want, but I don't know where along the lines I was taught to think that those were selfish things to want because I, I have some barriers with money sometimes where um, I it's hard for me to see sometimes that serving people should equal money. And I think, um, and I had to come to terms with myself on, and I know this is the question we get asked all the time, but I really want people to get deep on this is like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Like, what do you want in a year? If you just close your eyes and you were selfish for a second, and you just didn't think about your significant other, your kids, anything, like if everybody was out of the picture, and you could have exactly what you want, what do you want? And the the vision I could not get out of my head that I was never willing to own was speaking on stages to women. And because that just, that shit fuels me. Like, it's not the idea of getting on the stage, but it's the things come out of my mouth when I'm on stage that I could never even plan for. And I can't explain it. I don't, I could, I could curate an entire speech and I will never read it word for word. And I'll end up saying something because I'll look in the audience and I'll see one woman's face and I'm like, I feel you and I know what you're going through. And I'm going to say this because I bet this part speaks to you. And things come out of my mouth that I don't even plan for. And that's when I feel like somebody's operating through me. I'm not operating for myself. And that fuels me. And so I had to be really honest with myself because it was so hard for me to say out of my mouth, I want to get paid to speak. Like, it was so hard. And it was like, but if you want it, you have to own it. You have to believe it. And then you have to decide. And then the steps will synchronize for it to happen. But if I keep swallowing it like feelings and suppressing it, well, you're damn right it'll never happen. It's not going to happen. Like, so I've had to recently own that a year from now, I want to continue podcasting. I want to continue delivering an amazing message to women for free. I want to continue coaching. I want to. I want my coaching business to excel wildly. I want to help women build their podcasts, get their message out to the world because I know there's women. I'm not the only one with a message. Let me hear it. Listen to me when I say this again. I'm not the only one with a message. There are hundreds and thousands of women out there with amazing messages and someone needs to hear it right now because the day I started my podcast, you need to know I sat on the couch and was like, I'm just a nonprofit director. I don't I don't know who the hell wants to hear my story. But I have thousands of listeners now. So everyone has a message. Like and it's just it's just taking the step to believe it first 
and own it and decide. And I have, I am choosing to believe and decide that a year from now, I want to be speaking on stages to women that need to hear the message that is coming through me. So what do you feel like that life message is? (sighs) The deeper I go with helping people, um, the more I think it is that self-awareness is everything. That if you don't, if you're not in love with the person that you're looking at in the mirror, because, oh my God, it's such a journey. It's such a freaking journey. Like it's such a journey to learn to love yourself. And I think people say that so, um, you know, fluently. It's just so easy to say, you need to love yourself. And what does that look like? But just have the curiosity to learn more about you so that you can fall in love with yourself. That until you do that, you'll never believe in anything that you want to do. You've been swallowing and suppressing all of these dreams forever because they start with self-love. And most of us are living someone else's dream based on society, based on what our parents set us up for, based on what Someone in our fifth grade class told us that we could be good at something that a personality test told us. Someone in college, a counselor said that this might be good for you based on your IQ test. Like we are living someone else's dream and the dreams that we have, we have suppressed and it all started with self-love and self-love is developed at such an early age that I think we don't even know that it's an issue until we get way down the line. So it's, it's just being able to look in the mirror and have that shift of self-love and the curiosity to love yourself and shift your mind to even after college, after everything, to continue to learn, to continue to grow, to continue to seek, and to continue to build a circle of people that constantly want you to grow. Because when you stop learning, you stop growing, period. End of story. And so if you don't surround yourself with people that require you to grow, you're dying. You're going backwards. And, and I just cannot imagine a life lived that way. And I think with women, when we become married and we have children and we do all of these things that society pressures us to do, which I'm not against because I have a child and I have a boyfriend, but um, I think we forget to continue to love ourselves, grow ourselves, and live in our wildest dreams. And like I said, if you're not growing, you're dying. So imagine how many women at 30 have accomplished all these things and they stop growing. They stop learning a lot. And I just, I don't, I know what that feels like. And I don't want anyone to not make a move or not make a leap of faith or not take a jump or not, or to continue to suppress their dreams or their goals or their desires or their divine purpose, which is so much bigger than us, Um, because of doubt and fear and the lack of self-love and lack of growth because of who we choose to surround ourselves with. Yeah. So for someone who's listening who maybe isn't on the entrepreneur journey or, um, you know, is in a job or a career that they love or is a stay-at-home mom or whatever their circumstances may be, um, that just, you know, maybe want to love that one person or um, the women that, you know, is in their immediate life, like what's your best advice into stepping out and really like serving the people that are maybe in your immediate sphere right now, even if it's not, you know, starting a podcast or whatever, how can you in just your everyday life serve women around you? Oh my God, we're doing it all the time. Most of the people listening to this podcast are doing it all the time. If you by choice are listening to this podcast, you probably by choice are obsessed with helping other people, you know, like, and it's, 
I think the technical term would be like beta testing. But the reason that I got into podcasting was because a lot of my friends were telling me like, you know, people only come to your house for advice, you know, or people call your phone constantly and it's for advice. What people don't know is I've been mentoring people for the last 12 years of my life because of what my mentor did for me. I just started professionally doing it like for, for pay recently, but beta test with your friends, do a small group. Like, do a small group, do coffee dates, bring your, instead of doing brunch, how about five girls, you and your five girls go to the coffee shop and have an hour-long conversation about the things that none of you have been willing to talk about lately, which are finances or feelings or whatever each one of you is going through and how can we support you through what you're going through? Oh, you're going through a divorce? How can we support you? You know, oh, you're going through financial issues? How can we help you? You're trying to build a business? How can we help you? Like... I knew, one thing that I knew for sure was that, and this is just so cocky to say, but one thing I knew for sure (laughs) was that I was good at giving people advice based on experiences because of what my mentor did for me. You know, and maybe I couldn't relate to every situation, but I certainly could help someone and be resourceful. And you also made yourself available. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing is I think that a lot of us hold um, our story and our experiences in. Mm. And we don't make ourselves available because we're afraid of vulnerability. And I think that that's something that you've taught me. That's where you were going with that. I didn't realize it. (laughs) Is that I think when you, the more that you can be vulnerable with yourself and be available to other people, you're going to serve a greater, you know, need. And, you know, like you and I do that all the time. Like. If I'm ever in a bad mood, Jessica's like, you need to go love somebody. Or you need to go you out need to serve go to, someone. You need to go you... to church. Well, yeah. Go talk to Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, have you had a conversation with your boy? Nope. Go outside. <laughs> I'm like, have you had a conversation with your boy yet? Go have a conversation with him. It's true. <laughs> but no, I get where you're going. Because before this, way before this, I would always, it, when someone would say something that was wrong, I would instantly, um, and not necessarily like I'm trying to take people's problems and relate them to mine. But if people were like, how do you deal with this? Or how do you do this? I would instantly bring up things that I'd been through. And some people would be like, wow, I, I can't believe you just shared that with me. That was like a lot, you know, that was very open of you. Um, and I've told stories at work before in front of groups. And, I, and I've always said, and one thing I've always known about my purpose, like this has been at the deepest core of me, is that things have happened to me to share them with other people. I know that. I knew when I had Cameron early, I was like, this is one more thing for me to help other people that are going to go through what I'm going through. Like, I literally, something happens to me, and as soon as it's over, I'm like, who do I need to help? Who's going through this? that's a mindset. Right. And I think that a lot of people don't have that mindset. So I think a lot of people that maybe are... um, you know, inspired and say like, hey, I could, I can do this. This is a tangible thing that I can do is I could make myself available to give of myself and be vulnerable to other women in my sphere. And some people are, I I forget that sometimes because I'm such an open book that I forget that people are very, um, hold their personal life very close. And I don't blame people for that. We know a lot of people like that. Yes, we do. (laughs) And I don't blame people for being like that. Um, but if you ever plan to serve, it will never come from a shy place. And I don't mean that in the physical aspect, but just you cannot be, um, you cannot, vulnerability is the ultimate connection. Sure. So you can't connect with people without being an open book. And so if you want to, 
Like I'll tell people this all the time. They'll say, I want to start a podcast because I have this amazing story and this and this and this happened to me and blah, blah. These are my favorite stories you tell me is you meet with someone and they're like, I want to start a podcast because I want to empower women. And you're always like, okay, <laughs> right. let's break that down a little bit. Right, right. Well, but right. Because everybody wants to empower women and it's really an expensive hobby until you figure out how to make money from it. But take it, take it, take it back a step further when they're like, I have this amazing story and they tell me the whole story. And I think at the end of the story, they want me to be like, yes, write a book about it. Tell a podcast or start a podcast, like tell the world who have you told this story to? Cause some right. people will say, you're the first person I've told this story to. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, do- the next person doesn't need to be a mic. Like the next person needs to be your, f- have you told your five closest friends? Have you, um, have you told it, like, have you gotten on social media and been open about this first? Like, yeah. you need to get on social media and see how comfortable you are with sharing this story yeah. first in front of 20 people on a live before you go yeah. putting your story out there on a podcast. Yeah. Like, I, practice this first. I heard someone say once, like, that you should never put anything out into the world that your inner circle doesn't know 10 times over. Exactly. Like, nothing should shock the people that are in your world. So, like, if you're getting on there about to tell your life story and no one's ever heard it before... Well, you might want to test it out on a, a few people first. But yeah. I think that's good advice is that, you know, you really think that this might be something that you want to do. We'll find some people that, you know, you because I can attest you did that a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were sharing people's stories and doing this in a different way before this was ever a thing. And then almost to a point where it was like a need, you know, people kept saying, oh, you should do this. And if you have 12 people in your life saying, hey, maybe you should do this, you might want to consider it. Right. You know, and it and it came from a really organic place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Starting a podcast. This was not a people? venture to quit your job or make money. You know, no, at the never. beginning, it was just a way for you to serve people. Yep. And it turned into so much more as you, as you went on the journey, you know? Yeah. They say some of the best businesses are built um, organically. Yeah. And the podcast was built organically off of people telling me that they thought I should do it because I love sharing stories. And then coaching became organic because I just had so many women reaching out like, hey, how are you doing this? I love this. I want to do something like this for myself. And I started a a coaching um, and consulting business based off of that. Yeah. And now don't get me wrong. We talk about money a lot. Um, And, you know, how can you make money and how can you monetize this so that you can have the freedom to do the things that you want to do? That's the greatest part about being an entrepreneur is it gives you so much freedom. Um, so, you know, and we have a lot of conversations. How do you make that? I mean, I probably call her every day and I'm like, Hey, have you thought about this? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> every time. What do you, what do you think about this? I think we should call this person. <laughs> yep. Every time I know someone else you could have as a guest on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta have people helping you. I know. I know. And I don't know anything about it. No, you don't. But it's... I'm learning. <laughs> But it's important to have that support. It's so important to have that support. I mean, you are my, you are one of my sounding boards for sure. And you know, I have a, it's almost like I have a technical person in my life. I have a mentor. I have someone that guides me. I have a cheerleader. And you're kind of the cross between like the friend and the cheerleader. More so the friend, more recently the cheerleader. Like. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a new believer. (laughs) I just drank the Kool-Aid. But but (laughs) hold on, let's go back to that because. I talk about this a lot about... Well, hold on. So just literally, probably two weeks ago, I said, who, if you could think of someone that it would be really beneficial to you to know that they really believed in what you were doing, who would that be? And what did you say? Didn't I say it was you? Yeah. Yeah, it was you. 
But you had already... You I were, had already let the cat out of the bag and told her I was a believer. <laughs> but, and I think this is such a weird conversation for people to have because it, at my mastermind, I had a girl that said, um, you know, I don't understand this. I've been, I've been building a business for a, over a year now and one of my closest friends, who I talk to all the time, does not support me. And she knows how hard I'm working and I... I comment on all her product reviews. I do this, I do that, but she will not like a single picture or comment or support me or share it or anything. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I personally think that, um, (laughs) I personally look at that differently because I think that, um, those people are, people are projecting their insecurities on other people. Yeah. Okay. But stop right there because that is an approach that a lot of people don't have. Most people would be very hurt by that. Right. If someone that you would talk to and spent time and gave pieces of your life to didn't believe in something that you felt like you were on this earth to call, that is a, it feels like a rejection. But I was never hurt by you not, and it wasn't that you weren't supportive. You, you said it the best way earlier. You said I was a Jessica Hurley fan. I was just not a fan of this, but it's because, and I knew you to your core, you're so realistic that you were just like, I don't see A to Z. Yeah. I don't see A to Z. I see A, B, C, D, and then the rest is missing. I don't see how you plan to make a ton of money from this that is worth you quitting your job. And so you would ask me about it every day. You would ask me where I was going with it. You were supportive as a friend. You were not supportive as a, um, like, what well, in business. And that yeah. was fine. I was able to separate the two in that case. But there were aspects that you wouldn't share with me knowing that, and it wasn't until you know, we had that conversation that I feel like then we, you know, it was like an open book and it was like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And it really changed our conversation. But for me, the shift was, um, getting to watch you firsthand, you know, cause I've sat in here and watched you do a podcast and that was really like, I, I bought the whole podcast thing. Like mm-hmm. I was a believer in the podcast before I was a believer in the the coaching and the consulting until I saw it firsthand. Right. Um, you know, because you and I have a lot of conversations and I can hear about it, but you don't know what you don't know. Right. You know, and I, like, I, I was a believer in you because I believe you've impacted my life. So mm-hmm. like, of course, you know, I got firsthand experience. Right. But so for the people that are saying, how, do, why did you not give up on her when you knew that maybe she, she didn't believe in you? Like, why were you... Why did you let her stay in your life or have a voice in your life if you knew that she wasn't quite on the journey that you were on? Um, okay, so this is going to come off harsh. Say, <laughs> say, saying this on the podcast. Great, can't wait. <laughs> um, because I, cause, so if I were to say that out loud to someone, immediately they would say, haters, haters are going to hate, right? Never once ever in my entire journey did I think that you wanted my life. Never did I think that you wanted to be me. Never once did I think any of that doubt came from hate. There was no hate. There never was because you were still a good ass friend. You were still always there for me. You never weren't there for me when it came to my business stuff. You were just more there for me when it came to my personal stuff. You don't miss birthdays. You don't miss personal like things. You're always checking on me. It, you just, it, it came from a sheer place of not being able to relate and doubt. Here was the real reality. A lot of it was just doubt. You just doubted me. And those are, and no offense, but those are your own insecurities. Because we do this to all of our friends. And I tell people this all the time. Like This is the real, these are the real conversations. Yeah. If someone were to call me right now, any one of my friends, if you were to call me and say, 
Because I know your dream of opening a coffee shop one day. Like if you were to call me and say, hey, I found this spot and blah, blah, blah. And I own, and there's a coffee shop and it's for sale. It's perfect. Um, but you know, it's 500,000 or something. Immediately, my insecurities would be projected on you. My doubt would creep in. And I would say, well, where are you going to get that money from? And you would tell me all of your dreams of getting that money. Right. And, and I would project my insecurities on you, which is just me being realistic, which is ultimately a dream killer. It's, it's about how strong you set your mind to be to protect yourself and your energy from those people. Yeah. And if you can't, you have to deadweight those people. You have to let them go. But I, with most people, and you especially, I could handle it because it wasn't coming from a place of hate. It was coming from a place of doubt. And you're realistic. So how has our relationship shifted now that that's not in the picture? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so much. <laughs> it shifted so much because I think... Um, you and I had this conversation the other day. I think, um, again, life constantly throws things at you that show you, like, I swear you do something and you're like, oh, that was so great. And then all of a sudden it hits you that like, wait, it's supposed to be way bigger than this. And I'm not just talking about like bigger stages, more women, um, but just a bigger purpose in life. And you and I connected instantly when we met when we, three years ago, Yeah, three years ago. And we were on the fast track to friendship. We just spent thousands of hours in the car, multiple work trips together, um, became personal friends, and then just kind of went on this journey together. I was getting to know God, then I went through everything with Cameron, and you were just there, there, there all the time. But when we got into a place where we were able to switch, where now you are really like, you really saw me walking which, in my purpose. Which for the longest time, Jessica had the hardest time because she was like, how, how am I ever going to do something for her? Like, and we, that was a real struggle in our, in our relationship, you know, mm -hmm. like for someone that's so like serve, 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 like Jessica serves a ton of women. And for whatever reason, like I couldn't find a way to give that back to you. Yeah. And it really, really bothered you. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't find a way to give that back to Hillary because Hillary introduced me to my relationship with God. Hillary has always been this uber supportive friend. Um, but I could not figure out how to return the favor other than with gifts and lunch and the little fun things that we do. But I just felt like, how do I serve your bigger purpose? And, um, and it's, it, it to go, I'll even take this a level deeper. Um, you are one of the most, you're the number one person I could count on. If I call you and I say, I need a ride. Can you, I mean, we've been through things where I've been like, can you pick up Cameron? Like literally you are one of the most trustworthy people in my life, but I've never invited you to one of my events. Never. And it was because in the back of my mind, I knew the doubt and I know our personal conversations and I was so afraid of how you would judge me because well, you were afraid that after the event, I would put you right in your place and say, yeah, what, what type of business do you have doing this? That yeah. was the real fear. Yeah. That was the insecurity of saying, I'm afraid that she is not going to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I was afraid. And it's, it's not Kool-Aid, damn it. It's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but it's. I was afraid that you were going to be like, either you could have done more, you're better than that, or you were going to be like, who do you think you are saying those things to people? Because we're, we fear more of the people that we're closest to than we do random, most people fear yeah. people they're closest to. Um, because we think that they only know, know us for what we're not good at and what we suck at and our vulnerable side and all of these things. Um, I was so afraid to invite you to an event because I thought you would just be like, who do you think you are? Um, because you've seen me at my worst. Okay, so let's fast forward to you inviting me to your event. Okay, so well, so I'm in the car three days before my event, and I'm thinking about all these things I need, and I'm like, 
holy shit, I can't put on an event this big without help. And so I've already got one person, I've got two people helping me already align. And in my mind, my mind just kept saying like, you need Hillary. You need Hillary. Like you need someone that knows you, that understands you, that could read your mind. Like you need Hillary. And then I was just like, no, no, no. Like, no, because I don't want her to see this because she's going to call me out. Like, and um, I was just driving one day and I was like, screw it. Like, and I called you and I said, Hey, I just, I need you Saturday. Can you be there? Like just from this time, I remember I even like, you know how you package it pretty for someone? Scaled back the yeah, time. Yeah, I scaled back. I was and like, hey, commitment. I just need you for like four hours. Like, can you just help me? And I'll give you a list and don't worry. I'll let you leave early. Like, and you said yes. And you didn't even question it. You were like, absolutely. I'll be there. Done. It's done. And you came and you were my biggest fan while you were there. You were like, you need a pep talk. What do you need? You helping me with everything. Um, there before I was, and um, what you said to me afterwards was, I mean, I, shit, I could have cried because <laughs> it was like, it was what I had been longing for, and I think it's what people fear the most with the people they're close to, and where I want people to differentiate this is that, um, yes, cut off dead weight, but sometimes don't cut people off at the wrong time when you haven't given them a chance to see what you're capable of. People will doubt what their insecure, you know, where their insecurities lie. And both of us had insecurities in this relationship. I was insecure that you would think that I was fake and you doubted me because you thought this was unrealistic for anyone to make money doing this. And so that this exchangeable doubt that we had and these exchangeable insecurities allowed us to never connect on this level. And so you left the event and tell them what you said to me. Well, you tell them. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you said to me... Because um, you're going to remember more than I will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what I said to your ass. It was more impactful to you. <laughs> well, you said something like... You, you just kept calling me every day after that. And you were like, how can I help you? I was thinking about this person you could interview. Like, you were just like in go so, mode. Okay, so I... I to take it... So I remember standing in the back and just... there. Like, watching you do what you love, and it just, it's like I just took, it was a different lens that I saw it through, you know? And, like, I know so much about you, and I know... Am I a bad person? No. (laughs) And I know what you put into this event. So, one, it was, like, a place of, like, I'm really proud of her. Like, she really, like... And then there were, like, things that you and I talked about behind the scenes that I saw you do that I was, like... Okay, you know, like, and just what, you know, like, there was a real space for it. And, like, I really, you walked in a different light than I had seen before in a way that, like, I I was, like, I can, I could do this my whole life. It's just, you know, like, watch someone do what they were put on this earth to do. And it's, it's such a cool thing to watch someone you care so much about and, and have seen you come from where you come from to be in this place where you're you're really walking and doing what God put you on this earth to do you mm-hmm. know and like and everything that you've been through it all leads to these moments where you get to do what you were created to do and and I think for me I was like it, it really brought out a sense of purpose in me like okay God like is this like can I be a part of this is mm-hmm. this something that you want me to be a part of is to be behind the scenes and to to love Jessica so that she can walk in her gifting and love other people. And, um, it was just a cool moment for me, you know, and I, it really allowed me to tear down walls that I had probably built up to say like, 
let's do this thing. And ever since then, it's been like, let's go. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you called me and I think your exact words were, you were like, homie. (laughs) He said, homie, I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid now. Let's do this thing. And I was like, what? (laughs) You said, I have never seen you. You said before this, maybe, maybe I didn't see how you were going to make this thing work, but now... I've never seen you walk more in your and, purpose. And just in my know, life. like it's not like I didn't see that. I mean, I day in day out I see it. There in a day I don't talk to you on the phone for probably four forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. So like it's not that I didn't know what you were doing. I had watched you record podcasts. Like it just all came to like a culminating moment where I was like, oh, this is a part of my purpose too, and this mm-hmm. is a part of my journey too. Is getting to help Jessica serve these women, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I really just felt a part of uh, a team, you know, because I think it was in that moment, I realized this was more than you could handle. Like it was more than your capacity that you were going to need people behind you. And I was like, well, I'm in. And then I said on the phone, I said, it just, it, we were having the conversation. I had never thought of this before. And then it just clicked on me. I said, um, what if, what if we met three years ago and were put on all these work trips together and did have to do all this stuff together um, to get to know each other, to get to this point and have gone through all these things together to get to this driving a car in a ditch, all the things that we've done together, <laughs> all the things that we've done together to build up this relationship for us to be on this journey together of where I'm headed now. Yeah, because what y'all don't really know is I be Connor and I'm like, I need you to get some out-of-state trips. We need to go on some trips. We need, we're going to hit this big time. But then she was like, there's no one I'd rather, I mean, we travel together all the time. We've slept in multiple hotel rooms together, like drove in the car. It doesn't matter. And I think that like that really prepared us to, to, to do this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. And the real truth about, and we're, I'm saying this, we're saying this so openly, but you cannot do this alone. No. You cannot be on this journey. People think that they want to be in this ultimate high place, looking down from the cliff, helping all of these people. But you need a strong circle of people supporting you so that you can serve other people. And that's that's when it clicked to me. It's like, you've been in my life this long. We know everything about each other. To what if it was building us up to this point for you to be that person for me while I'm on this journey. And that, again, takes you to the bigger purpose. Way bigger than we could have ever anticipated. We thought we were going to split ways when I left this job, but... (laughs) No, God's plans are bigger. Bigger. Well, but that's been integral to our whole relationship, right? Like, God has been the the thing we always go back to. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, like, you you can't deny that. Undeniable. It's just the reality. Mm Mm-hmm. What else um, you got from me? Uh, well, we've been talking for a long time now. So, <laughs> thank you for joining us on the Strain Podcast. This has been your host, Harry <laughs> Bolt. Appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for asking me all of those vulnerable questions. Those are probably things I would have never talked about had I had the individual opportunity, a solo episode, to talk about those things. So, well, this is just a normal conversation that we have. Absolutely. All the time. And I always say I think that people should hear this side of you. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have that side of me today? Yeah, and you also called me out on some stuff. Thank you very Sorry. much. Sorry. <laughs> That's for everything. <laughs> Yikes. 
Um, but again, I'm very proud of you and, um, it's been a great joy to be on the journey with you and it's just the beginning and the best is yet to come. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.